Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me now? Are you going to puke in the microphone? <laughs> oh, lovely. Want me to do that again? No, no actually, I don't. <laughs> From some far-flung corner of the globe. Wait. The globe is a sphere. How does it have a corner? Shut up. This is the Opportunistic Travelers Podcast. Now with even more Shivo and a few of their traveling friends. Each of them sharing stories of everyday experiences of travels around the world. Hello, vicarious travelers from all around the globe. Welcome back to Bangkok, Thailand. I am Evo Terra. And I'm Sheila D. Together, we thank you for following along with our journeys around <laughs> the world. I don't know why I picked that, but hey, listen, uh, anyhow, coming up on the program today, our good friend Ben from Phoenix uh, somehow makes touring children's theater into a death sport, but um, we'll get to that. Before we get there, honey, this is the 28th show of our second season. I know. Who? thought this was a good idea i don't know why it's 28 it doesn't seem like i mean i still haven't gotten to a rhythm yet and it's well, that's 28 we shows. Keep changing it oh <laughs> but 28 of this particular format has been the same but we're also you know what about- that doesn't matter that's not what i want to talk about today anyhow so I am happy. Uh, just moments ago dear as you saw i finally for the first time in three days had some moo Oh, listen, I don't want to blame the Muslims, but I'm going to because the island of Koyaoyai Koyaoyai is mooless. I love when you asked for it at a restaurant and the look you got was, oh, God, no. (laughs) Sheer horror. Let me explain, listener. Uh, Last week, Sheila was off on Friday for another random Thai holiday. Do you know what this one was for? Uh, I don't know. It was just a day that I got off, so I was happy. We're going to call it uh, Thai Day. Yes. Thai Day was Friday. Get it? Yes. It rhymes. Thai Day was last Friday, so we jumped on a plane and flew down to Phuket to make our way to the lovely little island of Koyayoi, which is in between Phuket and the Krabi area. It's an island in the far south uh, of Thailand with with absolutely nothing on the agenda other than on, on Saturday I had to do a takeover for TripIt, uh, their Snapchat account. But other than that, it was just to go and and relax. Now, we've been to southern Thailand, honey, several times. Yeah. We spent the first three months of our visit here in Thailand in the southernish area of Thailand. So we've been exposed to southern Thailand, the more rural, laid-back, chill lifestyle yep. that we don't get a lot of here in Bangkok. So it was a good time for us to go down there to do that. Um, the island is everything Donald Trump fears. It is overran <laughs> by Muslims. But everybody was very friendly. And by that, I mean there are a lot of Muslims, but you're exactly right. They were all very lovely people. Yes. Very welcoming. Had a lovely conversation with a, a shop owner as we were buying postcards. Yep. I believe she, like many people here in Thailand, likes to practice English on uh, American speakers. Especially those that are uh, English teachers. Yes, you can get good stuff. Uh, you you can provide good feedback to <laughs> you them. You can get good stuff. 
I'm going to help you with your English. You can put the providing of the goodness to the English. Which probably means something. So I went to Koyayoi. And yeah, there's not... There, pork does not exist on the island. Now you have to understand something. Pork is everywhere in Thailand. Pig. I don't know. I don't need it. Shut up, vegetarian. Um, listen, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the listener. I'm explaining the, the <laughs> fact that, that pig, you can always count on three things. You can always count on pig, which is called moo. You can count on chicken, which is called guy. And you can ch- count on squid, which is called, I don't know, squid. And usually shrimp. Not always. Kung. Kung, yes. You did have the pronunciation right. Yes. Exactly right. But I, I believe your own journey through the streets of Thailand trying to find food, preferably kung, and not being successful a large majority of the time would yeah. indicate that perhaps it isn't always something you can count on. Well, I guess that's true. Oh, right. Just something you can count on wanting all the time doesn't necessarily mean... They should have it. It's everywhere. So, there was no moo on this island. With the exception of your breakfast when you had bacon. Yeah, that was a little weird. <laughs> but it wasn't on the, the rest of the menu. No, nowhere else on this menu was there anything all to do with ground pork, pork braised pork, suckling pig pork, moo moo guy pan. No, wait, that's something totally different. Um, yeah, just nothing available on any menu. And the one time, as you did mention, my dear, when I attempted to order moo at a restaurant, which was not a Muslim restaurant, the lady did not have a hijab on. She, it was it was not. She might have been Muslim, but I believe there were more Buddha relics around than there oh, were Muslimy type stuff. And cats. But, but when I mentioned the word moo, she looked like I had just ripped out her daughter's spleen in front of her and then chewed it. She did. <laughs> she looked horrified that you would even ask. So bizarre. I mean, this, so Southern Thailand, for the for listener once again, is uh, there's a lot of Muslims in, in that particular area. You, you were still in a predominantly Buddhist country, but like anywhere, certain populations... Um, gravitate to certain areas and the southern part of Thailand you will find more Muslim and they were all over this island but other than the fact that I couldn't get Moo we had a nice time we did it's um it was probably the best sand that I've had here in Thailand the sand of this island was was quite quite nice normally I, I think honey the sand is quite coarse yes uh and uh it's a mixture of coarseness because of the of the coral which is existing around the islands, right. uh, and so the, those get washed up in big chunks of coral, and then also big chunks of plastic because plastic is littering the sea uh, out here. Yeah. But there wasn't as much trash floating in the seas at Koyayai. True. Than True. I had seen in other places. But the sand was like super, super fine. Sand was fantastic, which was great for all the times you got to lay out in the gorgeous sun that poked its head out, what, twice? Yeah, good planning, babe. Hey, listen, I didn't pick when the rainy season begins. (laughs) No, but you took us to the Rocket Festival so that it would start raining. And that's probably what our downfall was. We might have, should have flipped those weekends. (laughs) (laughs) And went to the beach when it was still sunny and not during the rainy time because it was rainy time. Right. The whole time we had rain, but, you know... 
what are you going what are you going to do um and uh, and and once again so we found out that not only can i well, what not? We found out that could I could not only man I could not say that wow. in a more tortured way. Let's try <laughs> that again. And I haven't even had a drink tonight. Um, we found out that not only was it impossible for me to find Moo, um, once again, recognize the fact that you and duck feathers do not go well. Yeah, with each other. That was that was not good. Not good at all. I can't breathe. So we've established that with the program. People should know that you are allergic to duck feathers, and we learned that as part of our tour through Europe last year. But it still puzzles me that here in the tropics, where these satellite dishes point almost directly up, that's how close we are to the equator here, where it never gets cold. In fact, when they say a cold, it's cool it like may drop into the low 60s there is still a preponderance of down what the hell are they doing honey but they're putting it they're not using it for warmth they're using it for the luxury of having the down feathers the nice soft feathers in their pillows see that i don't understand i get why you want things that are luxurious, but this is a stuffing. It goes inside. It's not like they're stuffing plastic bags saying, hey, look at the cool down that's inside of here. It's just but stuffing. There's a difference in the feel of it, the way that your head rests. That's why it's done uh, that way. That's but, but by the way, I don't want that luxury. No, no, no. <laughs> I think we probably should could skip the luxury. So yeah, we had some decorative pillows in the room that were not so good for you. They ended up outside on the last morning because Ugh. i i just i couldn't breathe anymore man and we didn't do a good job of sourcing that but again we're not used to looking for down everywhere we're fucking thailand man we shouldn't have to worry about it right right which means basically you realize this, honey you can never go back to europe uh, i i won't go back to europe uh, you're gonna have to have an entourage go with you to clean the down out of the way I like that idea. Can I get an entourage? Sure. The the, the down the the down the down entourage. <laughs> no, no, wait. The down dowsers to D down Sheila D's destination. <laughs> Isn't that what you're here for? I normally try to check, but I obviously did a really miserable job uh, this time around. Well, those decorative pillows. Truly didn't feel... What the... Why do we even have decorative pillows? (laughs) I mean, the Um, whole concept is stupid. A pillow is something that you rest your head on and or your feet on, or as I am sitting on a couch right now with pillows behind my back, these these are functional things. But... I've never seen anybody hang a pillow on a wall. But... But the pillows that are back behind you are decorative. Okay. You know what? I can't see them. My lower back cannot see them. They're functional. <laughs> I don't get why we... But see, you didn't call them functional pillows that feel nice. You called them decorative pillows. Yeah, but sometimes they're not just decorative. Sometimes they're the the big pillows that you put under your head to sleep under. But that's not a decorative pillow. 
Right. See, I don't. I, I'm used to checking things that go under your head for down. I'm not used to checking, you know, like major appliances or other strange things where I don't expect down <laughs> to be. And pillows that you never effing use, you know, those stupid pillows that sit on a bed and you take them off immediately, which is like, why would you do that? But I didn't. That's, I think, part of my problem. I actually. I'm not used... blaming you right now. I'm blaming the entire industry that has convinced <laughs> us sheep-like that we are to put these fake pillows on the bed to take them off again. You know who puts things on the bed that they have to take off again to sleep? Children. Like stuffed animals animals, and stuff. Why do we do it as adults? That's our adult childlike behavior. I don't... Our childlike adult behavior. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) To me, it's it's always... I'm much more... Look, I'm a utilitarian guy. I know. I, I have to force you to put things on the walls anyway. There's nothing hanging on our walls here because we've nothing to hang on the walls here. I'm not buying art here. I don't want to buy art. Right. He doesn't seem my type. <laughs> I will let him know that you said that. <laughs> we do have these Thai pillows directly in front of us here, my dear. That These are functional and, I would posit to you, decorative. And they're pretty. The blue one has elephants on it. The the wine-colored one. Did you like the fact that I called it wine and not purple? I'm impressed. Getting in touch with my inner feminine side. Art would be approve. Um, these are nice to look at uh, as well as nice to lay on and nice to put my feet on. I like the Thai pillows. I like those. Yeah. And I also use them as a runway when I'm doing my fashion shows. That but, is true. But that is a topic for... Another time. Your fashion shows. (laughs) Coming up next is that hilariously crazy story about children's theaters. Um, Yeah. And we'll see if we get to 29 next week. I think we're back on track. Right. Let's try it. wound up bouncing around the country from gig to gig to gig and have six weeks here and three months there and whatever I could get somewhere else. I loaded everything up in the back of a little red pickup truck I had and went to the next town. Doing everything from Shakespeare to experimental black box. I have no idea what's going on right now. We're, you know, both standing here naked and painted blue and you're poking me with a stick and now it's theater. I'm glad he finally told us what was going on. Theater. Who is this guy? Ben Patch. And just who is Ben Patch? Ben Patch is currently living in Mesa, Arizona, which is not something I usually admit to people. And I'm a husband and father of two. But before Ben got all old and boring, kidding, he's younger than us and anything but boring, He toured the country, not as a travel blogger, but doing children's theater. Hey, anything that gets you traveling, right? In this particular case, this just happens to be while I was touring. We were going up and down the East Coast. I was playing Tigger in a children's theater production. I was jumping around for an hour at a time for three performances a day in a 20-pound fur-lined costume. So the opportunity to get a day off was huge because we were doing that six and seven days a week. I wound up with a day off and access to a bicycle in Richmond, Virginia. 
and I was doing some amateur photography at the time. And Richmond seemed like the, f- the perfect place. Beautiful place. Because I hopped on a bicycle and you're able to get from one end of the town to the other on a bicycle. I could take pictures wherever. And Richmond itself, what I found so interesting about it was that it's very much a place of total dichotomies. You have this Mm. modern city built on top of the capital of the Confederacy. Right. You have all of this modern state-of-the-art latest thing stuff coupled with stuff that, you you know, history and and even down to you go down to the center plaza and there's a row upon row of statues of Confederate generals and one of Arthur Ashe, which is kind of an odd mix, as you might guess. Yes. <laughs> so I'm going around and, and taking pictures of just whatever I could find, these different dichotomies, kind of setting them against each other of mm-hmm. I'm finding this thing that's this and this thing right next door that's completely opposite to it. Right. And I had a, a good day um, just roaming around, and it was time for me to head back to my room. And I start going across the bridge down to the south side of the river, and this, it's this huge bridge over the river probably 60 feet up from the water. And at this point, the, the bridge is the, the river itself is probably a mile wide. It's about ready to split off into a bay into the Atlantic wow. ocean. Wow. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, you're, on the, you're on the coast. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, a massive undertaking. I'm taking my bike across. And as I'm riding across, I notice that if you look up river, it looks like it's barren wilderness. You've never seen a, a human being in it. Yeah, and unspoiled nature. Down, yes, if you look downriver from the bridge, it's Richmond, Virginia, like right there, downtown Richmond. Mm-hmm. So I figured, you know, that'll be the, the final picture set for my day. I'll of go course. ahead and I'll take it upstream, downstream, have these two nice little pictures back to back with each other. And so I take, get off my bike and take the, f- the first picture upstream, looking upstream of the bridge. Great, no hassles, no problems. I wait for traffic to pass to head over to the other side. And like I said, it's this massive bridge. You're talking three or four lanes in each direction. So I wait for traffic to pass and go to hop the, the wall over into the other side of the bridge so I can take the picture downstream. I've taken a running leap, and what I don't know until I get two-thirds of the way over the wall is it's not actually a wall between two sides of the bridge. There's an eight-foot gap, and there's two bridges. Oh. And I've already jumped over. You're committed. I, I'm committed. <laughs> so at this point, all I can do is get a, a foot on the wall as I go over and push off and mm. Carl Lewis my way across between the bridges. <laughs> Screaming the whole time, or at least yeah. I was in my head. Finally, you know, I managed to make it over to the other side, scramble over the wall into the roadway stand there for about 15 seconds, relieved that I'm alive. Yeah, let the adrenaline drain back down. Hmm. Realize that I'm blocking traffic. <laughs> there is that. Walk over to the other side and take this picture of downstream, because damn it, You're... I've gone through all of this. Yes. I've taken the downstream picture. <laughs> We're going all the way through. <laughs> exactly. So I take the picture. And then I turn around. And I think I made it once. 
I can do this again. Repeat. No problem. And, and I have to say, just to, to put the picture in your head, you're looking about 60 feet down into the river, and it's maybe 10 miles from where it becomes a bay. They'd have never found my body. You know, this was not, uh, you might be okay. This was, this was not happening. This is one of those things where you look at it and you go, okay, eight feet. I can jump eight feet. That's no problem, yeah. right? I mean, that's 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 me plus two feet. Running start, take a look. I could probably stand still and maybe probably jump eight feet. But I wouldn't, you know, that, that's no big deal. Yeah, that's on level, flat, solid ground. When you've got a 60-foot yeah. drop that you're jumping over, all sorts of things go through your mind. Ooh. Exactly. So I run across, back across traffic. And I get right up to it, and I look down, and that the enormity of the 60 feet really starts to hit me. <laughs> and I was 23 years old. There was not a whole lot of common sense that had entered right. into my world. Somehow the sanity just seeped in. And I decided that I'm going to go ahead and walk the 150 yards <laughs> upstream, go around, walk all the way back. Got back to my bike, took it back, got the film developed, whatever. To this day, it's been 17 years, those two photographs hang in my living room. Because if if I'm going to all that trouble and nearly die for them, somebody's mm -hmm. going to see them. And um, how big is the gap between those two photos? About 60 feet? <laughs> uh, no, oddly enough, they're right next door to each other. They're a whole lot less of a jump. <laughs> That's the show. I need to apologize to our patrons, those who support us financially with a buck or two each month at patreon.com slash optravelers. Our tight travel schedule hasn't let us get caught up enough to send you the link to our episode a day early. Sorry about that. But we should be caught up, so your next shows will come out just as promised. And if you want the shows early every single week, like those people, then drop us a buck or two over at patreon.com slash optravelers. Uh, there are loads of more things, patrons, 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 yes, patrons are the term, loads more things that patrons get as well. So check it out. We really, really appreciate it. Yeah, and our bank account would appreciate it. Getting those cool travel stories for you isn't cheap. Special thanks to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for all of the music used in this episode. For Evo Terra, I'm Sheila D. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Opportunistic Travelers Podcast. Cheers from Bangkok. Funding for this podcast and all the great content Shivo produced is made possible by listeners just like you. Visit shivo.wtf slash postcards to pledge your support and get a handwritten postcard each month as they travel abroad. Additional funding provided by Travelsmith, inspiring people to go places they've never been and keeping Shivo looking smart and well outfitted on their journey. And if you want to travel the world, it's cheaper than you think. Visit Shivo.wtf, how appropriate, for more details and click on the house sitting link to find out exactly how they afford to travel the world in style. See you next time on the Opportunistic Travelers Podcast.